Welcome to Woodland Church. Here is today's message. Well, today we do have a message. So if you are a grandparent and you came here and you thought, I'm only going to watch my kid. Well, guess what? I got you for 20 more minutes. So I'm just giving you like a forewarning here. If you're going to leave, it's going to be obvious now. Okay, so... Just let you guys know. Well, we do have a message today, and I want to talk about Mary today. And um, within the Christmas story, I feel like sometimes Mary within the um, Protestant church will oftentimes get overlooked. But in the account, in the nativity scene, uh, I got a picture that I want to throw up there. We all know this picture in this scene. I don't know if this is a good picture, Um, but... You know, every time we do the nativity scene, you've got the wise men, you've got the shepherds, and you've got Joseph, and then you've got the only woman in the scene, who would be Mary. And Mary's usually depicted with a halo on her head, as I spent time this week on Google, uh, I found images, and most of them was Mary with the halo on the head. And The reason why I want to talk about Mary is because I feel like sometimes within the Protestant church or within the evangelical church, we don't really talk about Mary too much within our church because I just think maybe it's a reaction to how some people view Mary. You know, some people view Mary as sinless, uh, that she was a virgin until death, which, if you believe that, I'm sorry, the Bible teaches that she has kids. The book of James was written by her other son. But some, some have kind of elevated Mary so high that Mary is kind of like a goddess to us. And I'm not trying to be dogging on Mary today. I think Mary is one of the most... Um, celebrated and wonderful women that we have in God's Word. And I want to take some time to look at how Mary played such a special role in the birth of our Savior and why we should be talking about Mary and celebrating the life that, that, that she lived. And I'm not going to be able to completely encapsulate all of Mary's life today. I wish I could because if you have not read the Bible, you need to read about Mary. How, how literally she's there at the birth, obviously. She's the mother. She would have to, to physically be there. But Mary's also there at the death which I find just to be fascinating. But we're not even going to talk about that. That's another sermon. I want to look at this one account of, of, of Mary in Luke chapter 1. And this is when Mary goes and visits her cousin Elizabeth. And what is spoken about Mary, but also what does Mary say within the circumstances here. So if you have your Bibles, please stand and turn to Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 39. We are going to read this account today of Mary. And it says this. It says in verse 39, In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to the town of Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. 
And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped with joy. Blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And then Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked upon the humble estate of, of his servant, and behold, from now on all generations will, will call me blessed. For he who is mighty and has done great things for me is holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm and has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. And he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he has spoken to our forefathers, to Abraham and to his offsprings forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Let's pray. Father, this morning, as we come to your word, as we celebrate and we're able to see the birth account today, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us through your word, that you would encourage us, that you would challenge us. And I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated here. So just before this, Mary got the news that she is going to be giving birth and that she will be giving birth to this son who will be great. The son is going to be called the son of the Most High. And he will be, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob. In his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary gets spoken to this through the angel Gabriel. And Mary understands that, well, she doesn't, we don't really know what she fully understands, but Gabriel says, listen, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. You're going to give birth to this son. And then after this news, Scripture teaches us that she, she headed off to the hill country. She found out that she's going to be giving birth, and she heads on over to her cousin Elizabeth's house, and that is where we get this account. And I like what is said, and I'm wondering if you guys could possibly pick up on what is said about Mary from Elizabeth. So Elizabeth is going to be giving birth to John, which if you do not know this account, there's a little bit of a family tree here. John is going to be John the Baptist. He's going to be the forerunner to Jesus. And in this account here, we have these two pregnant mothers coming together. But I want to know if you can pick up on how Elizabeth describes Mary. What is the overarching theme Elizabeth uses? I want to just read these verses once again. Let's see if you can pick up on this. In verse 42, and she exclaimed with a loud cry. This would be Elizabeth talking to Mary. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this that granted to me that the mother of my Lord has come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped with joy. 
And blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Did you guys pick up on the word? Looking for an answer here. How do we describe Mary? Blessed. That word is used over and over. And guess what? That's going to be the title of my sermon today. And I'm going to add a little something to it. We're going to add a hashtag to it. Just because I love social media so much. I'm not sure if you guys have ever seen this word used on social media or within your life, but this word is used constantly within this world. I always say hashtag blessed because I kind of like make fun of it a little bit, just a little bit, because I feel like it's overly used. And if you are one of those people that have a blessed t-shirt or a blessed hat, I'm not trying to pick on you today. Um, Maybe just a little bit. Okay, maybe just a little bit. But this word gets used over and over within the culture that we live in. And, and when do people throw out this term? When do people say, I'm blessed? Any feedback here? Anyone? Anyone? Olivia, when was the last time you said blessed? Hashtag, hashtag blessed. She has never done a hashtag blessed. But people throw this term out there, usually, I'm just going to say this usually, uh, usually when they get a new job, when they get a new house, when they get a new car, when they get a a good meal, when they get a college scholarship, when they get an unexpected raise, when their family, when their family for that moment is doing well together, when the kids are behaving and the mealtime goes nicely and their kids aren't throwing everything and you may take a picture and you may put it online and you see all these kids smiling and everyone's doing, just having a great time and you say, hashtag blessed. We throw this term out constantly within our world and while I need to remind us what the Bible says about this word. And I just want you to know that if you have an, have an ESV Bible, and if you would search through that, that one translation, and this would apply to many others, uh, 112 times the word blessed is used within the ESV translation. None of them, I'm just going to say this, none of them connects blessing to material prosperity. None of them do. Consider these passages. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you. Luke eleven twenty eight. Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Blessed are those in Romans 4, 7, which is quoting Psalm 32, 1. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. And from now on, this comes out of Revelations chapter 14 and 19. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. When you read scripture, this word gets used, but it's never used in a prosperity mindset. And and I'm, I'm just saying this because within our culture, when we think of blessed, we always think in terms of financial wealth or good health. And we throw that around constantly. But when we look at scripture, it's usually and typically connected with either poverty, trial, or the spiritual benefits of being joined by faith 
to Jesus. I'm going to say that again. Biblically, that word is usually connected to poverty, trials, or being connected to Jesus. So, what I would love for us to be doing is the next time life is going terrible, you put a hashtag blessed and you take a picture of, I'm, I'm, I've got kids, so I'm just thinking of like, of like my kids just going crazy, right? Like they're just losing it. They're crying over spilt milk or a toy that got broken and I just snap a picture. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> We're living in a trial right now. But here, Mary is called blessed. That term is overwhelmingly used for Mary. When you look at the biblical blessing, it simply means this. Bestowed favor or highly favored. Mary was a woman who was highly favored by the Lord. You can see this in Luke 1.30. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. I want you just to think about that for a quick moment. That word blessed biblically means that the Lord of heaven and earth, the King of kings, has found and has given you favor. That God would look upon his people and have favor towards them. But the question is this. Is this favor just for Mary? Is this, can only Mary be blessed? Is it only Mary who can live a life blessed and, and have God's favor be upon her? Because I think sometimes we kind of think like, well, you know, okay, if it is God's favor, maybe God's favor is only for certain people, right? Like, okay, yep, okay, Mary is part of that category. She was the mother of Jesus. She got to bore the Savior of the world. Of course, pastor, she should be blessed. But what about everyone else? Is Mary the only person on this side of heaven who can live a blessed life? Who can walk and have God's favor be upon them? I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just asking this one because I think this is what we should be viewing here today. I want to read Mary's song. So Mary says these words, and I believe that in Mary's words, in, in the words she is saying and speaking to Elizabeth, I believe we can pick up some really key aspects of who Mary was, how Mary viewed the Lord, and I would argue this is where God's favor comes from. It's not so much just because it was Mary. Mary was not a sinless human being. She was sinful. She needed a Savior. She needed that son that she was going to be bearing. But she was blessed, and she was great among, among, among all women. But I want you to look at this song Mary says, and look at Mary's viewpoint of God. I want to just reread this song to you, starting in verse 46. Listen to Mary's words. Listen to how Mary views the Lord. She says this, My soul magnifies the Lord, 
And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. He has looked upon the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He has spoken to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offsprings forever. Like what I said, I want to draw out a few things here today about how Mary views the Lord. Because in this song, they, they call this a song, maybe she didn't sing it. I don't know if she was singing this song in the key of C or E when she was talking to Elizabeth here. But we call this a song, and but she opens up this, these words. And I love verses 46 and 47. Mary says this. My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Mary, which, do you guys ever realize she was like 14 <laughs> 14, 15, like, like to me this just absolutely, just, it blows my mind thinking about who this young woman was. Like, I mean, she truly was this amazing teenager, you know, that we would call today. But here she is, and she recognizes this, this major truth. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Mary has this understanding that God is going to, to save her. That God is her Savior. That she is in need of a Savior. And I'm not trying to be dogging on her being, her being sinless, but a sinless person doesn't need a Savior. She needed the Lord. And she recognizes this. She absolutely recognizes this. God, you are my Savior, and my, my soul is rejoicing in you. My soul magnifies you. And you might be sitting there thinking, well, pastor, we know this. But guys, not everyone, not everyone knows this. Not everyone has this knowledge, has this understanding that they are in need of a Savior. I mean, look around the world that we live in. When you talk to people, especially, I, I love asking people this one very simple question. is like, hey, like, like, are you good? Do you think of yourself as like just a great person? Are you morally correct? Are you just morally righteous on your own? And a lot of people have this thought that like, I'm doing great. I'm perfectly fine. I have no needs. Mary recognizes that. We need a Savior. Mary's Savior is in her womb. And she has this understanding that she needs someone to save her. 
What are they saving her from? Well, this is like the gospel message right here, church family. This is like the most basics. This is Christianity 101. The world is sinful. We need someone to come and save us from our sins. The Savior does that. It was even spoken that Jesus would be born. The Savior of the world. The one who can take away the sins of this world. Mary has this understanding that she is in need. And I, I just think, church family, that's, that is like step one if you want to live a blessed life. If mankind wants to have God's favor be upon them, mankind has to recognize that they need the Lord, that they actually need a Savior for their lives, that we actually need someone who can actually forgive us, redeem us, wash us, make us new, that we messed up, that we fall short, as what God's Word says, that we need the Savior upon our lives. Mary also recognizes She says this one line, holy is his name. I want to just point that one out to us real quick here, church, because once again, as I look at the culture that you and I live in, Mary has this understanding that the God of heaven and earth, that even his name is holy. You might be sitting there thinking, well, well, what does that really mean? It just simply means that God's name is set apart. It's separate. God, his, even his name is holy. Now, as you guys know, most people, in most circumstances, do not treat his name as holy. Listen to just how people talk about the Lord's name. They're not using it in a holy fashion. It's not used in this, his name is set apart. His name is, is just absolutely holy. They use it in derogatory. You know, they use it as a, as a swear word. They use it in all these other fashions. But here Mary, Mary recognizes that even the Lord's name is holy. His name is set apart. His name is, his name is absolutely special. And how does Mary respond to the Lord? Mary, church family, not only does she recognize that she needs a Savior, that the Savior was was coming, is coming, is there in that moment, she recognizes that the Lord's name is holy, His name is set apart, and she recognizes that the Lord has mercy on those who fear Him in Luke 1.50. It says that the Lord exalt those of humble estate. She has this understanding that I think as you read this song here, she has this understanding that the God of heaven and earth, she is blessed because, and his favor is upon her because of how she's walking with the Lord. It's not because Mary was just this great person that came out of nowhere. She was actually, I mean, if you look at the bloodline, I mean, it was all coming to Mary. But the Lord finds favor upon her. And the reason why I think she finds, he finds favor upon Mary is because of Mary's character before the Lord. 
She already recognized, I need a Savior. Lord, you, you, you have mercy on those who fear you. You have favor upon those of humble estate. She has this. She also knows that the Lord scatters the proud, is, is what she says in this song. But Mary lives a life of just submission to the Lord. Look at what, what Mary says in Luke one thirty-eight, just before this. And Mary said, this is like, this news came to her. Mary, you're going to have this son. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. This is totally crazy. There's a, a, a big angel standing in front of you speaking these words to you. Like, this is just, just this absolute epic scene. And this is what Mary says, Behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Mary doesn't just talk about humility. She literally lived it. And as I think about Mary's life, and as I think about this word getting described to her, I believe that God can have favor and we can live a blessed life. Not because we live in America. Not because we have health care and food and all these you know, great things and new cars and all this stuff and especially around just Christmas time where it's like, well, we're just getting new things and it's all about, all about the, the presents and this and that. And it's like, we think that that is blessing, but that's, how the, that's what the world says, church family. If you and I want to live a blessed life, I think it comes down to our humility before our King. Recognizing, God, I need you. Lord, Lord, show favor upon the humble. It's not about the material stuff. It's not about any of that. We need to be men and women that understand that our God is mighty, that he is merciful, that he is gracious. We walk in fear of just how amazing he is. We humble our lives just like Mary Psalm 84, verses 11 and 12. I love this. For the Lord God is a sun and, and a shield. And the Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. I want to challenge us with that today here, church family. As we think about this Christmas season, and as we are celebrating this time of the year, I do want you to be thinking about Mary. She was blessed. She was blessed among all women. And I think the reason is very clear. Because she humbly walked with her Lord. She recognized her need for a Savior. She recognized that the Lord has favor upon the humble. The Lord scatters the proud. And I just think as we are living in this season and as we are remembering the birth of our Savior, that we too might live and walk as Mary has lived and walked. That we'd walk humbly with our King that we would remember this day that we need a Savior, that we need Him to save us from our sins. 
that we need forgiveness, that we need grace upon our lives. And I just think as you look at Mary's life, that's, that's, the, that's literally the, the example Mary lived. Lord, I'm your servant. Whatever you want, I'm in. You want me to bear this child? I'm not married. <laughs> I'm like it's, these are just absolutely crazy circumstances. Like this young woman, not married, like virgin, like all of these things like culturally are taking place. And Mary just says, I am your servant, Lord. Whatever you, you said, okay, I will obey. Because she walked humbly. And the Lord had favor upon her. And I believe the Lord can have favor upon his people today. The favor doesn't just end with Mary. It's not like, while it's Mary, it's Billy Graham, it's David, it's Moses. It's like, just fill in any of these great characters. It's just like, God only blesses those people. God blesses those who humbly come to him, who submit their lives to the king and say, Jesus... You are the Savior of the world, and I need you. And I want to just challenge us with that this season, church family. I'm going to ask you to stand, and I want to pray for us this morning. I'm going to invite the worship team up. They're going to lead us in a couple of Christmas songs as we, as we celebrate this day. But let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for the life Mary lived. I thank you for her example within your word for us today. Father, you desire to bestow favor upon your people and upon your creation. Father, help us, your church, your people, to walk humbly with you, to recognize daily of our need for you, our Savior. Father, I thank you for this day, I thank you for our children. I thank you that we got to see the account of your Son, the Savior of the world. Father, as we sing these last songs, may, may our hearts today and may our hearts this season be dwelling on your Son. Father, I praise you this morning. I ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen.